It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As the 2020 season rages on, the Locked On Reds podcast will be here each and every day to detail each win, each loss, and every transaction as the Reds look to move toward a playoff berth. My name is Jeff Carr. Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. What's going on, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on this weekend edition of the podcast. We're going to break down this White Sox series, a team that the Reds don't see a whole lot of normally, and they're here this weekend. This is going to be a big series, a possibility for the Reds to make a statement, a possibility for them to announce themselves as the season comes to its conclusion at the end of next week. We'll see exactly how the Reds take advantage of that. I'm going to break down what the White Sox are about and take a look at some of the pitching matchups as well. There's only one probable pitcher for the Reds, and that's for today's game. We'll get into that here in just a minute and also maybe take some Jeff's junk mail as well. But before we get to all of that, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on all the many podcasting platforms. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Lockdown Reds and save that Lockdown Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. And I know normally I've been releasing these in the morning and these last couple of days they've been in the afternoon. Sorry about that. A little bit of a schedule mix-up thingy, my Bob. We'll have it fixed next week. All right. Let's jump into this. The White Sox currently are the number one seed in the American League. So, yes, we are not talking about a team that is coming in here with a whimper. They're coming in here with a bang. And the Reds have a tall task if they want to win this series. I want to break it down for you here. Firstly, the White Sox are really good at hitting. And when you look at their lineup, it's not just the fact that they've got the talent like Jose Abreu, who's been there forever. Yasmani Grandal, Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, the amazing rookie that's really come on strong this year. But they've got just amazing, timely hitting from the likes of Tim Anderson, and you're seeing a good average from Eloy Jimenez. Let's break it. They've got three guys who pretty much play every day who are hitting over 300. In fact, Jose Abreu on the season is batting 332 with an OPS of over a thousand. Dude can hit. He's got 17 home runs. They've got three. Uh, they've got three hitters with over 10 home runs. As you see, Abreu with 17. You've got Elo Jimenez with 13, and Luis Robert with 11. And, and, and uh, real quick too, this is an aside. I really feel like he should pronounce his last name Robert. It sounds a lot cooler than Robert, but whatever. It's Luis Robert. So, yeah, I just want to clear that up. Just want to make my opinion known on that. But, yeah, very good hitting team. And when you break it down on the split wise, they actually do most of their damage the first time through the order because you can take a look on baseball reference. And they've got the breakdown like this. The first time through the order against starting pitchers, the White Sox as a team 
are batting 299 with an 859 OPS. That's where they do most of their damage. 21 home runs the first time through the order against a starter. They also do a lot of damage whenever they get into a team's bullpen. 36 home runs against opposing relief pitchers. And that's the first time, obviously, they don't face relief pitchers very often a second time around. But as pitchers get more familiar with the White Sox lineup, their numbers kind of go down a little bit. Nothing crazy. They're they're batting average and they're on base. Their OPS is still much better as a whole than the Reds team as a whole. So we're going to be relying on the men on the mound. Now, the intriguing part about that, I was looking at what their weakness might be overall. And oddly enough, and this is according to baseball reference, so uh, it's an interesting distinction. But according to baseball reference, when you compare their lineup against a power pitcher versus a finesse pitcher, and the way that baseball reference defines this is a power pitcher gets most of his at-bats ending in either a strikeout or a walk, And finesse pitchers have a lot less strikeouts and walks. So, you know, guys who pitch to contact. The White Sox feed off of guys who pitch to contact. Meanwhile, they actually kind of struggle against the, you know, quote-unquote power pitcher. Again, just as Baseball Reference says, a power pitcher is in the top third of the league in strikeouts plus walks. So that's an interesting look because when the White Sox lineup as a whole faces a power pitcher, they bat 228 with an OPS of 709. So they get a little bit neutralized. That's not to say that they become completely ineffective or anything like that, but that's a good sign for the Reds because when you look at the Reds pitching statistics, at least from a team aspect, they are actually in the, they are number three in Major League Baseball in the strikeouts plus walks percentage. So, like, this is, again, a very deep ratio statistic, but when you add up the number of at-bats that end in a strikeout and the number of at-bats that end in a walk and divide them by the total number of at-bats, they are the third – they have the third most – percentage of those events. Okay, that's a really poor explanation. But basically, the Reds profile exactly into the White Sox lineup weakness. So maybe, maybe that's a little bit of a positive sign there for the Reds. We'll have Malley going tonight. Tyler Malley will be on the mound coming off his last start that wasn't quite as impressive as the ones he had before that. So he'll look to bounce back. And uh, Saturday and Sunday do not yet have an announced probable starter for the Reds. However, I fully expect Trevor Bauer to be the starter on Saturday. Sunday, I'm not quite sure who we're going to see. Maybe Disco, because both Bauer and Disco pitched on Monday's doubleheader. But Bauer did pitch against the White Sox twice last season and had some mixed results. The first go-around wasn't very good. He gave up seven earned runs, eight total and got kind of lit up by Tim Anderson and Yon Mancata. Yon Mancata had a home run against him in that first game that he gave up seven earned runs against the White Sox. If there is one bright side, though, Jose Abreu didn't do a whole lot of damage against Trevor Bauer, so hopefully Bauer can keep him intact on or er, in check on Saturday. 
But that's going to be the matchup to watch. Now, when you look at the pitchers for the White Sox coming into this series, the Reds are going to face rookie Jonathan Stever. Stever has only one start. He pitched just a few days ago, three and two-thirds innings in that start with three strikeouts, two walks, two hits allowed, and, of course, one earned run. It's interesting when you look at his scouting report on the White Sox website. They had like a little video explaining it. He has a 92 to 96 mile an hour fastball that can top out around 98. And his second pitch is a spike curve, kind of like a knuckle curve, kind of like what Trevor Bauer throws. His delivery is such, he's got like a three quarter delivery, which makes everything look as though it's coming downhill. So it'll be interesting to see how the Reds deal with him. In the minors, he had no problems throwing strikes. It's just, it seemed though he did in his first start. We'll see what the Reds can get from that. Now on Saturday, the probable starter for the White Sox is Dallas Keuchel. Keuchel's pitched pretty well this season. He hasn't pitched in about 12 days, so they've got a little bit of an edge there. He's not as warm as he probably would have been, but overall on the season, the lefty has a 2.19 ERA in nine starts, a total of 53 and a third innings, 32 strikeouts compared to 12 walks. He has only allowed two home runs all season long. That's uh, that's a pretty good little number there. But we'll see his his fielding independent pitching su- suggests he's getting a little bit lucky, but not that much. His FIP is 3.16. So, and, of course, he's a lefty, so we'll see a shuffling of the lineup on Saturday. And then Sunday, both pitchers are to be announced. So we'll see exactly what happens there. Overall, a very important series for the Reds. My expectation for them is that they don't get swept. I'm not sitting here going to tell you I expect them to win this series. The White Sox are a good team. No matter what you think, I mean, obviously, people say, well, they haven't played that great a schedule. Well, neither have the Reds, but the Reds have struggled. And they've gotten on a roll here lately. Hopefully, they carry that roll into this series and maybe even through it because, Lord knows, that would be a huge boon if they win this series. People are really going to start taking notice of them. If they do somehow come out of this 2-1, and one, my uh, not-so-great math looking at this, uh, they'll be 500 on Monday if they come out 2-1 and one on the three-game series going into the series with Milwaukee in the final home series of the season. Well, we'll talk more about that on Monday's episode. But yeah, overall, a very, very important three games for the Reds. It's really been that way ever since last weekend, maybe even a week ago. Pretty much every game is super important. Every game is almost a must win. And at this point, it really is. It was nice that the Cardinals lost to the Pirates last night. So that gives the Reds a half game edge over the Cardinals in second place. And the Cardinals will play a couple more against Pittsburgh today. So a win for the Reds and, you know, fingers crossed, two losses, whatever. We'll be watching the scoreboard, checking that out. Here in just a second, I want to do some Jeff's junk mail, answer some questions, react to some of your reactions, all of that good stuff. But before we do, I want to talk about something that it's kind of an uncomfortable thing to talk about. Yeah. Erectile dysfunction. It's not a real uh, fun topic to really start a conversation with or end a conversation or even in the middle. It's kind of a rough thing. But now there's Roman. Roman can help you with all of that. 
because they have real healthcare professionals who can prescribe real medication to help you solve your ED problem. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan, and if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. No awkward, hey, I got to walk into the drugstore and be like, yeah, that thing right there. No, they'll ship it right to your door. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is easy. Just go to roman.com slash MLB and complete an online visit today. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to roman.com slash locked on MLB today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's getroman.com slash locked on MLB. Getroman.com slash locked on MLB. Remember, tomorrow you can go out to those different Krogers that I talked about in yesterday's episode and get you a Trevor Bauer bobblehead and a Joey Votto replica jersey. And then uh, next weekend, you got some more opportunities there that I'll remind you of uh, next week. Uh, before we get done, uh, get uh, finished up for the weekend, let's do some Jeff's junk mail. The first one that I want to go to, this is from Jared in Cincinnati, and this is a reaction. I was on Sully Baseball's Locked On MLB I'm on today's episode actually talking about the Reds, their resurgence, and why teams should root for them in the playoffs. And Sully did kind of disparage the Reds' bullpen a little bit, which is, I mean, fair. The Reds' bullpen has not been great this year. But Jared has an interesting point. Jared says this, Not a fan of Sully bashing the Reds, saying the bullpen is bad, just isn't true. I think the last 30 games we have a top five bullpen. Question mark. Everyone sleeps on the Reds because of a weak start. Thanks so much, Jared and Cincinnati. I appreciate the text, man. This did get me to look a little bit deeper. I went to fan graphs to look at the last month. So I went August 17th to September 17th because, you know, people haven't played games today, so I'm not going to include today. But for the last month, the Reds have actually been a top 10 bullpen in the major leagues. They have a 3.66 ERA, which is good enough for 10th, right above them, the Cubs at 3.58. Cubs are number nine bullpen in major league baseball, which is funny because at the beginning of the season, both of those two teams were at the bottom of the barrel as far as bullpens are concerned. And I even dug a little bit deeper. I, I went in and I looked at each individual performance over that month span. Guess what? Our man, Rysel Iglesias, has been doing pretty good. His ERA is at 2.92. It's even saying he's getting a little bit unlucky according to his FIP. FIP is 2.55 for Rice Iglesias during that time span. And just looking down this list, I mean, ever since Archie Bradley came over, he hasn't given up a run. Knock on wood. TJ Antone in relief appearances has not given up a run. Michael Lorenzen, and this is not even including his start. This is just seven relief appearances from August 17th to September 17th in 12 innings of relief appearances during that time span, 1.5 ERA. He's getting right, folks. He's getting right. Amir Garrett, 2.08 ERA. And then, of course, you've got Lucas Sims, who's gone down a little bit, but even still, his season as a whole is very good at a 3.0 ERA. 
the, the only concerns we have, of course, is Robert Stevenson. In his seven appearances, he has a 7.04 ERA. And according to his FIP, he's actually getting unlucky. His FIP is 8.8. And then Nate Jones, his ERA is 8. Now, his FIP says he's getting a little unlucky. His FIP is like 4.86. But still, kind of been a rough month for both Nate Jones and Robert Stevenson. But outside of those two guys, the bullpen has been phenomenal over the last month, which is key because that's what the Reds need. The important thing, too, to remember as we look at statistics on the ERA and blown saves, different things like that, is that this Reds bullpen has not had to pitch a whole lot. In fact, when you break it down through the entire season, only the Cardinals, Phillies, and Indians bullpens have pitched less innings than the Reds. The Reds have pitched 160 and a third innings out of their bullpen. That's good enough for 27th in the major leagues. And the Cardinals and Phillies, yeah, they've played less games than the Reds have. So really, the Indians are the only legit one there because the Indians are just amazing at pitching. But overall, that is an amazing sign, especially moving into the playoffs. The Reds can get into the playoffs with a fresh bullpen and the starting pitching that they have, oh baby, could be real interesting. As it shakes out right now, if the season were to end, the Reds would face the Braves in round one. That would be a very interesting matchup. Sully and I kind of talk about that on Locked On MLB as well. But yeah, Jared, I'm, I'm with you. It's actually uh, wrong to criticize the Reds' bullpen by saying that they're terrible. Now, they, they could be better, but at the same token... They've been much better than they were early on in the season. And one more before we get out of here for the weekend from our buddy Risto down in Jacksonville. He says, hey, Jeff, haven't been this happy and excited since I was 10 years old listening to the radio in 1961 with the Reds winning the NL pennant and going to the World Series. Remember back then there was no divisional play. This series against the Buccos has just been fun to watch. It's nice to be a happy Reds fan again. I'm with you, Risto. I am very happy to be happy. Like 10 days ago, it was very frustrating. It's amazing how quickly things can turn, especially when the Reds finally turn it on to the point that they said they thought they could. Remember, we all we heard during all the losing was we just need to get on a roll. We just need to get on a streak. They've done that. Hopefully they can continue to do that this weekend. The White Sox are a tough team to do that against tonight. 7-15, the Reds' first pitch. Tyler Malley going up against Jonathan Stever from the White Sox. I'll be watching. Hope you will be, too. I'll be tweeting. Follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs for all of the wonderful Twitter stuff. And follow at Locked On Reds as well. But that'll do it for us here today. Now tell your smart device to play that Locked On MLB episode that I'm on. By the way, spoiler alert, I'm also going to be on Monday's episode as well with Sully. But that'll do it for us here for the weekend. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Enjoy it. Hopefully we'll talk about some winning Reds baseball on Monday. Let's go Reds. Hey. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.